the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, confidence men have always been attracted to religion, con men for sure, in general and Christianity as well. Why are confidence men, con men, attracted to religion and churches? Mmm, sounds like very interesting content on today's edition of Study Verse by Verse. Featuring the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely, he's continuing in the book of John, and if you've missed any of the past broadcasts in this series, you can find them all on the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And you'll also find details about the online service times and the daily devotionals from the staff. That's all on the website highlands.us. As I said, Pastor Layton is continuing in the book of John, moving through chapter 2, here on Study Verse by Verse. The author, the Apostle John, walked with Jesus from the outset of his ministry. He saw Jesus' miracles and teaching, observed his life, and he has one main point to this gospel. He wants us to see that Jesus is God. Jesus was not just a good teacher. Good teachers do not claim to be God. Jesus was not just a good example. Good examples don't hang out with sinners, drunks, and tax collectors. And Jesus was not just a religious phony. Religious phonies do not rise from the dead. Jesus was not just a phantom. Phantoms don't get nailed to a cross. Jesus was not just a myth. Myths do not set the calendars for the history of nations. Jesus is God in a body come to reveal God and to redeem us. Now, as we've been studying the Gospel of John, we've looked at the first 18 verses called the prologue in which the author introduces the theme that he's going to be expounding upon in future chapters. We were then introduced to the ministry of John the Baptist who pointed to Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. We then were watching as Jesus selected his first six disciples, Andrew and Peter, John and James, Philip and Nathaniel, and then we we were together last looked at Jesus' first miracle, which was turning water into fine wine for the wedding of a poor unnamed couple in the little village of Cana. Now, when John speaks of Jesus' miracles, he uses an interesting word. He calls them signs. Now, to John, the supreme thing about the miracles of Jesus was what they told us. They told us something about the nature and the character of God. Jesus used his miraculous powers to heal the sick, feed the hungry, comfort the sorrowing, and raise the dead. And the fact that he used them for these purposes underscores that God cares for the sorrows and needs and pains of men. So to John, the miracles were signs of God's love for us. Now today when we look at the passage where Jesus cleanses the temple, again we're going to see the love of God expressed through a miracle of Jesus. But it was not a love for religious charlatans, who used their religious influence for personal gain, but rather it was a love for people who truly desire to worship God. Now in this passage, John describes three scenes that each illustrate 
the deity of Jesus Christ. It is his passion for reverent worship, the power of resurrection, and his ability to see inside of the human heart. Individually and collectively, they underscore the undeniability of Jesus' divine nature. We're in John chapter 2, verse 12. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. It was after the wedding feast in Cana of Galilee. Jesus and his friends and family returned for a short visit to Capernaum, which is found on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. It was about 20 miles travel. Capernaum became a base of ministry for Jesus in the Sea of Galilee area. And here we have an interesting um, thing because John has a different chronology of events in the life of Christ than is found in the other three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In them, we find that Jesus is mentioned going to Jerusalem only once, the Passover feast at which he was crucified. And then, of course, when he was a child at the age of 12, when they visited the temple as a family. But in the Gospel of John, we find that Jesus made frequent trips to Jerusalem. In fact, the Gospel tells us of no less than three Passovers. There's this one. There's another one mentioned in John chapter 6 and another one in John chapter 11. Now, in addition, according to John's story, Jesus was in Jerusalem for an unnamed feast in chapter 5, the Feast of Tabernacles in chapter 7, and the Feast of Dedication in chapter 10. There's no contradiction here. It's, it's just that the Gospels are being told from different points of view. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are concentrating on Jesus' ministry in the Sea of Galilee, which was their home and where they grew up. And John concentrates on the ministry of Jesus in Jerusalem. Now, remember that John's Gospel was written several decades after the other Gospels were written. And it's quite possible that one of the intentions of the author was to fill us in on information that was not given to us in the other Gospels. In fact, a lot of the information that we find in the Gospel of John is not found in the other Gospels. There's another challenge that we face here, and that is that this passage uh, tells us that the cleansing of the temple took place at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And in the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it is set at the end of Jesus' ministry. Now, there's two possible explanations for this, and both are endorsed by fantastic, great biblical scholars. Uh, the first possible explanation is that Jesus cleansed the temple on more than one occasion. He cleansed it at the beginning of His ministry, and then He came back a couple of years later and had to cleanse it again. The, this uh, position is held by Pastor John MacArthur. A second explanation is that the author was not so much interested in providing us a chronological biography of Jesus as he was interested in showing us that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God. And that position is held by William Barclay. Now, whether it happened once or twice, it happened. And so there's a lot we can learn about Jesus cleansing the temple. Verse 13. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons, and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. Now, the Passover was the greatest of all of the Jewish 
feasts. In fact, the law laid down that every adult male within 15 miles of Jerusalem was required to attend it. But also, it was such a great feast that Jewish people from all over the world wanted to come at least once in their lifetime back to their ancestral home and the temple to celebrate the Passover. Now, the, a person can walk from one side of the old Jerusalem to the other side in about 10 minutes. It's not a very large city. And the, and the usual population of Jerusalem at that time was about 200,000 people. But at the time of the Passover, the population could swell to over 2 million people, over 10 times the growth. Now, because so many people came for Passover, it was big business for Jerusalem merchants. And in the temple complex, they set up their sheep, uh, vendors selling oxen and sheep and doves, money changers uh, seated at their tables. Um, There was a tax that every Jewish person over the age of 19 had to pay. It was called the temple tax. And it, it was to support the daily activities of the temple in Jerusalem. And the tax was a half shekel, which is about the equivalent of two days' wages. Now, the temple tax had to be paid in either temple currency or Galilean currency. Now, these were Jewish coins, and uh, any currency from other sources was considered unclean. It was unacceptable. Now, there was a reason for this. If you look at American currency, you almost always find the picture of some beast, such as the buffalo nickel, or some person, such as George Washington, Remember that Roman coins had the image of Caesar on them. But in respect of the commandment against graven images, Jewish currency only has geometric shapes and flowers. And so pilgrims would come from all over the world with all kinds of coins, and they would come to the temple and they'd need to exchange for the currency that was acceptable. Now, if these money changers had done so reasonably which they were entitled to as their business, there wouldn't have been a problem. The problem was that they had a monopoly and they would charge up to one day's wage to exchange two days' wage worth of currency. Now, I had an opportunity to to go international and I had to change currencies, but I've never heard of a currency exchange where the fees were that high, where it was 50% in order to change money. And this enraged Jesus... Because these pilgrims who had sacrificed much to come from afar to come and worship God could ill afford to be fleeced. It was a social injustice in the name of religion and God. Now, besides the money changers, there were also sellers of oxen and sheep and doves. These were the animals that were used in sacrifice. And oftentimes people would come to the temple and they would do so with a sacrifice. It was difficult if you were coming from someplace far away like Rome, to bring your animal with you from Rome. And so oftentimes you would come and you would purchase an animal locally and then you'd take it to the temple. But there was a requirement that any animal sacrificed in the temple had to be perfect. It had to be without blemish. And there was on the payroll people who were inspectors. And if you didn't show them a receipt that you had bought your animal from one of the temple vendors, they would probably find some blemish on it and make you throw it away and get one that was from a temple vendor. Now, the cost of buying, for instance, a a pair of doves outside of the temple would be the equivalent of about four pence. But if you bought it from the shops that were inside of the temple, 
the price went from 4 pence to 75 pence. It was almost 20 times the cost outside of the temple. This was blackmail. This was extortion that was being perpetrated on people who wanted to worship God by charlatans and people who were taking advantage. Well, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. I hope you can join us tomorrow. Pastor Layton will continue in the second chapter of the book of John talking about Jesus cleansing the temple. If you'd like to do a little advanced study, well, just start about halfway through the second chapter and read on into chapter 3. That's the book of John. Again, this is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, a Christ-centered Bible-teaching church where your entire family can grow in Christ. You'll find information about those growth opportunities on the web at highlands.us and connect with us on social media as well. We're on all of the social media platforms. Those details are on that website, highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Join us tomorrow at this same time when we'll be back to open the Word of God and study verse by verse. This program is sponsored by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno.